Miamians and listeners from around the world, welcome to Miami Global Net. If you have listened to our podcast with Toscana Divino, together we have discovered that we make here in Florida sea salt. So I reached out to this Florida sea salt operation because I was super curious and I was impressed that we make sea salt here in Florida and I wanted to learn more. So I connected with Maureen, the founder of Florida Pure Sea Salt. They hand harvest seawater and transform it into tasty, clean, amazing Florida sea salt. She will share with us the story of how she started a salt manufacturing operation. Let me tell you, <laughs> this is not your traditional sea salt operation. I mean, have you ever heard of maple bacon infused sea salt that is vegan friendly? Chocolate infused sea salt? Black garlic infused sea salt? This is the power of entrepreneurship that I love, my friends. This is from zero to having your first product to leaping beyond the basics. Join Maureen and I as we dive into how they make Florida pure sea salt. Also, please subscribe to our newsletter, information in the show notes. Welcome to Miami Global Net Podcast, where we showcase the people and organizations that support Miami's international landscape. Learn from local business owners, startups, diplomats, and community leaders. Get to know the tools and services that are out there that help you invest and grow in South Florida. Miami is a true global city where one can live and do business with a global reach. Marie, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You are in what part of Florida are you located? We're split. I'm, I'm currently sitting in our offices in St. Petersburg. So we're split in between Tampa Bay, so Tampa, and St. Pete. Nice. So West Central Florida. West Central Florida. Nice, nice, nice. So tell us about yourself. Where are you from originally? So I grew up in New York specifically Long Island, New York. I grew up kind of in, in the, uh, the middle of the island and have a big family. I come from an Irish-Italian family, and most of my family was living on Long Island at the time of growing up. So I got to spend a lot of my childhood playing with cousins. Those were kind of my first friends, my, my two older sisters and my cousins. And it was a lot of my weekends and summers were filled with, with cousins. Nice. And what brought you down to Florida? Uh, originally, I took a job down here. I was, I was living in Vermont at the time, and my background is outdoor education. For uh, I worked nonprofits for many years, for about a decade. And I was living up in Vermont, and a position for a camp director opened up for the Girl Scouts. And interviewed a couple times and decided it, it would be a good move career-wise, and I came down to Florida. And I never thought I'd be living in Florida, though. I mean, that was never on my like vision board. It just kind of happened, and I'm really glad it did. Florida is a great state. It is. It is. It's. It's. Uh, there's some definite uniqueness. I'm. I'm happy I found the area of St. Petersburg, though. I don't know if I would have stayed in in Florida as long as I had if uh, if I wasn't in the Tampa Bay area. Nice. What do you like about the areas? It's really. It's an active community. It's unique and super supportive of, of small makers. And that was something before I even got into what I'm doing now, really a beautiful aspect of our community and that connectiveness really enjoyed that. The beaches are beautiful sailing. We have incredible winds for the winter. Definitely it kind of dies off in the summer on the West coast, uh, but you can always usually find it on the East coast. So really active in, in kayaking and sailing and being outdoors. This is, we're entering, as you know, into the best time of, of the year. We kind of sweat out the summer, 
But believe it or not, I've been down here now 11 years, and it, every summer it seems to be easier and easier for me. Awesome. Are you yourself a Girl Scout? I Yeah, I, well, I was. My, my membership has lapsed, I think, since. Although we donate now as a business for last year to different nonprofit organizations each month, and we highlight them. And just before the pandemic, we sent a, the camps weren't happening like they usually do, but the money that we donated was to have a girl go to camp for a, a camp experience. But uh, to the reason we're here, Toscana Divino, which we had the interview, and then he mentioned that we produce sea salt. I actually started the podcast saying, did you know we produce sea salt here in Florida? So I was like, I needed to get to know these people more. Can you tell us how did this start? Yeah, so that's a little bit hard to nail down, and, and it's a little bit embarrassing, but you, you never know those moments. You don't know what moments are going to be super important in your life. And with my background in outdoor education and, and running different kayaking programs and just really loving outdoors, specifically the water, and then coming from a really large family that put a lot of emphasis on food and the connectedness and sitting down with sitting down for a meal together. And that was just, that was during the week and, and the bigger meals, the extended family on the weekends, it kind of happened naturally. And we haven't been, the way we were able to pinpoint it was that I was in the backyard and my wife came home and I was boiling up some water and she asked, what are you doing? And I said, I'm making salt. And she kind of was like, okay. And like, walked back in the house. And that was it. That was kind of our first memory of it. And from there, I just destroyed a lot of our pots. I went to like Goodwill stores to get different pots and destroyed more of those, but they're a lot less expensive. And slowly but surely, I really started enjoying and and became a hobby of mine. So for a long while, I was just really playing around with what it all was and, and what it took. And I just made awful salt for a long while and started kind of jumping into the, the chemistry side of it and reteaching myself high school chemistry and the history of salt. So it was really fascinating to me on a couple of different levels. And it was just really though, a marriage of what I enjoy, the, the food aspect of it and being outside and the history, which I appreciate more and more as I've gotten older and really just uh, was an organic uh, hobby for, for a long while before I made it a business. How long before you were you started boiling salt in your kitchen to actually saying, I have something in my hands, this could really be something that I could market? How long was that trial and error period? So it was probably about two years. I started taking really good notes at some point, and those notes were about a year of just figuring out and, and just writing down different batches when I was seeing and really doing it a lot more consistently. So about that, maybe just under. So would you just go to the ocean and just bucket yourself full of water and then take it home and experiment pretty much? Totally. Yep. I experimented in lots of different ways. The solar evaporation on an outdoor stove that I would use for like our lobster and crab boils that we, we did with friends um, pre, pre-COVID. And then in, in the ovens in my kitchen. And I was trying it all different ways and I was getting different results. And I was just really fascinated by the whole process of it and and learning. I, you know, I really enjoy learning. And one of the things that we always talk about in outdoor education is is learning by doing. And I never really, I, I, I struggled in school very much. And I always found success in anything outdoors, sports, 
especially when I work, started working in outdoor education and, and racking up certifications. And my certification list was longer than my resume at one point. And it was because, you know, we gravitate towards things that we find success in. And I'm happy I did. You know, that's something that I felt the type of learning I felt success in. And it really kind of fed me. It fed my soul. I like the way that you approach your your business because a lot of people try to create new things or find new ideas or something outside of what they normally do. But you went and you grabbed something from your lifestyle, right? And, And you created something from the things that you loved. So yeah. that's, that's awesome. Thank you. So after your trial and error, so what is the process that you use now from like start to finish from like, from the harvesting or, or from the collecting of the water to the nicely packaged, beautifully designed bottles or containers I see here on your website? Yeah, thank you. Well, it started with failure <laughs> and that is the, the best teacher, right? There's a quote that we, we learn much more from our mistakes than our, our triumphs. And that was the thing. I just kept on learning from the failures and there were plenty of them. And eventually when we decided and that this could be, we could make some money off of it and it could be a business. So to back up a little bit, I was still in outdoor ed at the time and and I was leaving the state a lot for work and we just couldn't get on with our family goals. So that was kind of the point that we said, you know, either we need to change our goals or something else needs to change. And, And that was the moment that, we said maybe this could actually, this hobby could turn into a business. It was kind of crazy because no one really was talking about, in, in the United States at least, uh, small batch salt makers. There are very few and still are very few in the country. And at that point, I knew safety was really, really important to me. And really being intentional was the, the next piece to it all. And from the get-go, we were just very intentional with how we designed it how we didn't want to grow too quickly, how we really wanted to create beautiful partnerships with community members. And we took, I took this approach because of my background in, in outdoor education, but more importantly, I think nonprofits. So I don't think we've built this business in a typical way. And I think because of that, we've been more successful, especially in that first year than we could have been uh, with the support of the community and being in, in this great state of Florida. So one of the first things we did is I recognized you, you got to just kind of take ego out of something sometimes and, and recognize your limitations. And, and that was chemistry. You know, I really enjoyed teaching myself that reteaching high school camera, maybe teaching myself. I think I kind of screwed it through high school chemistry. The power of high school chemistry. Yeah. And I realized I needed someone a heck of a lot smarter than me in that area. So I hooked up with the environmental chemist and he was able to really put a lot of words to what I had been seeing for so long. I kind of came up with my own phrases and jotted different things in my notebooks. And he was able to put, he's like, oh, when you see that happening, it's this. When you see that happening, or have you thought of that? Or that's affecting the crystallization, you know? And it was amazing. It was, I would say, 75% way over my head. Uh, But I jotted everything down. And then I would, after our our meetings, I would go online and Google just different terms. I'm like, ah, you know, crashing out. I understand what that means now. So it was, again, a process of learning. And uh, I think you, especially as an entrepreneur, that's definitely, I think you need to really enjoy people. And I think you need to enjoy the process of learning. And those are two things that just come really natural to me. And, And one of the other things that I'm learning 
through, it probably started before the pandemic, but that this has really helped create the opportunity for me is, is kind of the, the forgiveness of yourself and not being too hard on, on yourself as an entrepreneur. Cause you, you live sometimes in a bubble of one and you're your own worst critic. And it's something that really doesn't serve you very well. It does, it does the opposite. So goodness, I jumped all over the place. If I answered your question. So the process, the process is the question. <laughs> No, no, this is great. This, this is great. This is great. I mean, it's good for people to know, you know, entrepreneurship is well alive in Florida and it, you can see it all over the place, all over the place. So this is great. It is. Yeah. Well, good. Thank you. So the processes look differently. The process today looks differently than it did a year, year and a half ago. And in a year from now, it'll, it'll definitely look differently again based on our plans for growth. So we, when we got started, like I was saying, I was trying it all different ways. And I, there was really a lot of cool things happening in, in each of the different ways. But as we were saying, okay, if we're going to make money, and, and I'm not looking to make a lot of money. And you really, you can't, with what we do and how we do it, we're not going to make a lot of money. <laughs> I love what I do. And um, I have a family and want to support them and, and my crew that we work so closely and really have just been phenomenal. So those are our focuses. But besides that, and, and really having a positive effect on our community, we're not looking to be billionaires by any means. And there's a beauty, I think, in that because there's a care involved in that. I'm part farmer. I'm part chemist. I'm part chef. It's a really weird world. And I've it's become even more apparent, especially when all these potential opportunities during for grants and fundings came through this, this uh, pandemic and COVID. And I'm going, I don't fit into any of these categories. You know, I'm manufacturing on some documentation, but you know, it's not just as, as black and white as that. And I love that. And I think for my, I, I balance it a bit better now in my adulthood, I've learned tricks and tips, but I was a very hyperactive child. And that in itself of being so many things in so many places really makes a lot of sense when I sit down and look at kind of my daily and weekly. And I do find myself behind my computer a lot more than I, I did in the early days by far, but it really fit with my personality and, and kind of my energy level. So right now today, we are not doing any solar evaporation, and I hope that really changes someday soon. That was an area that we were planned on growing, and the property that we thought we had wasn't zoned for what we needed it to be zoned in, and we found out very late in the game but it's a beautiful, slow process. And it's, you know, salt in its essence is there's heat, there's times, and, and there's, there's salt water, there's seawater in the process we do it. Other companies go into these ancient salt deposits and they bring huge machinery, heavy machinery, and they just rip it out of the, the side of the mountain or the cave that they've gone in. Or some companies do a strictly solar evaporation outdoors, completely open to the environment. So that's the ancient way of doing it. Uh, and that, that's still done in so many countries today. Others will pump it from a liquid ancient sea from the Appalachian Mountain Range. There's a, a great small batch company up there that's doing it. So people kind of approach this in many different ways. And right now, our approach is we gather water. Um, from a couple of different locations that we, we test. We go and we settle that water and then we filter it and we boil it. And 
we don't boil it because our filter doesn't gather what it needs to gather. The filter takes care of everything, but through boiling, chemistry happens. And there's some things that we like a really clean finishing salt, and there's a few things, minerals, that we can take out of the water at that time that leaves that really nice, clean, briny flavor and, and no bitterness. Bitterness comes from the minerality in the water, and each each area in this world, in, in in the different oceans contains a different minerality. So sometimes you'll see gray salt, sometimes uh, the pink salt, right? From Pakistan, the Himalayan mountain range. Those are all due to different mineral contents. So in Florida here, I think we have awesome water and we have a great mineral content for how we like to produce sea salt. And there's over 80 minerals that happen naturally in seawater and plus trace minerals, it's even more than that. And once we do that, we either put it in the ovens or we put it in the pans and we'll finish the process. And that's allowing the salt crystals to actually form, the blocks to form on top of each other and make a beautiful sea salt. So what makes the sea salt pure or, or I guess cleaner or to the taste that you're looking for is, the, is that you test the water for quality and then you, you use the, you mentioned the boiling process. And then you use the pans to finish the crystallization. And I like what you mentioned about the bitterness. I mean, I, I haven't really had a chance to taste many salts and really identify them, but it, it makes sense. So when you mentioned bitter salt, it did trigger something in my mind saying like, oh, I feel like I have tasted salt that's a little bit on the bitter side in the past. So I can... Yep. Yeah. On the back end of the, the palate, when you're tasting it, you'll, you'll, it'll finish bitter in, um, in some cases. Yeah. In, in what your guys are selling, you got intro page here. You got the white, you got a pink looking one, and then you have, what is that, mixed with pepper? I'm not sure exactly what picture you're looking at, but we do one with, with pepper. We do a rough cut butcher block black pepper, which is, if you like black pepper, it's incredible. You bite into it and it just, it doesn't overwhelm your taste buds, but it gives that really distinct bold flavor of the black pepper, which is really nice. We, we do quite a few different infused flavors. So we use really high-end ingredients, some of which we get from Florida and others we just can't. Like we do a black truffle salt around the, the holidays and that we're bringing in from Alba, Italy. And we do world salts. We started bringing in, you know, there are salt makers throughout the world that have been doing and making great salt for centuries. And we want to highlight and I want to highlight them even more moving forward. And that's something that we're right now developing different relationships. And we want to be a resource for folks who are looking for great quality salt, whether it's from us or someone else that is putting as much love and care and attention into their salt. And we really want to be able to connect people to great people doing things in other parts of the world. And that's kind of our, our goal moving forward. Now I'm seeing here, I just took a glance at the website. I was going to ask you how many types of salts you produce, but then now I'm, I'm check this out. Maple bacon infused sea salt. Yeah. And it's vegan friendly. <laughs> this website is, is awesome guys. Check it out. We got chocolate infused sea salt salted butter of herbs you got some herbs garlic infused yeah sea salt our garlic infused sea salt is our number one seller for a reason i will put ours up against anyone's i have not had a better garlic infused sea salt it is just we use three different kinds of garlic and it's just delicious and i'll use it on my hard-boiled eggs every morning or 
put on roasted chicken or pasta or potatoes. It's incredible. Yeah, you got lavender infused sea salt. Yeah, the baker's like that one. You can play off the uh, salty sweet combination, but it's beautiful and salad dressings and marinades and you know you name it, fish. And then we got black truffle infused sea salt. I mean, there's so many infused styles. I was like, yeah. this is awesome. So we went from just, so this is, this is more than just sea salt. This is a culinary experiment here. Black garlic infused sea salt. So we have that is, garlic. That is wild. And, you know, believe it or not, we're going to be running out of it pretty soon because we control a lot of our, you know, with the pandemic, everyone's running out of supplies, right? But we control a lot of our supply chain. Our bottles come from the United States, the Midwest, and there's just a lot of things that we haven't had issues with that so many other companies have. And one thing that's happened is our commercial dehydrator broke. And I called the company for the part and she said, you know, we're not going to have it until mid-November because it's coming from overseas. Like, ah, the things that you don't think about on an everyday that I'm going, you know, thank goodness we're safe and, and we don't have any issues and we can handle our, especially coming into the holidays, find demand. And, but now we're back to using such a small dehydrator and we dehydrate a lot of our herbs. We have rosemary going. We wind up for our rosemary infused sea salt. Uh, we make the salt dry it. And then when it's completely dry, we take rosemary that's fresh dehydrated that grind it and then add it to the salt and so we're constantly dehydrating it because it just tastes better you know when when it's been freshly dehydrated and you especially know what farm the rosemary is coming from it's a whole different ballgame so if you want it we have about a case and a half left and i told my mom i would save her a bottle so <laughs> just under a case and a half this is of the black garlic so <laughs> grab it from our website because <laughs> we won't have it for a little while this is a great, great concept and that you're producing salt here in Florida. And not only that, but this is like you're infusing it with many flavors. And this is amazing. I think this is super cool. Thank you. Thank you. On, on most days, I feel the same as you. And then every once in a while, you know, it just kind of piles on the shoulders and I'm going, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? <laughs> But thank goodness those are further and farther between. And, and through this, it's incredible. Through the pandemic, it's like decisions that we consciously and intentionally made in our first year. Because now we're, we're from our first dollar, we're year four. From paperwork, it's getting to year five, actually. But from, from our first dollar, it's we've been four years in business. And the, the decisions I made in year one I really feel that it's the only reason why we're still open right now through the pandemic because our business has taken a huge, huge hit. Man. So guys, check it out. Check out this web. Bacon infused salt. I know bacon is a big issue here. Very important for a lot of Americans. So if you like bacon, if I want to try this. Yeah. So vegan friendly and my vegetarian friend, a dear friend of mine, Susan Barnes, who's a Ah, she's awesome. She travels throughout the world and the writer and this has derailed her business as well right now. But she gave me the, the challenge and she said, you know, can you make something that tastes like bacon? And that was one of our first infused flavors. And, and I love the challenge. And at first, you know, I'm going, how am I, how would I even do it with bacon? You know, because although it's packed in salt, it was so fatty that it would go rancid and, and turn off the whole product. And we wound up going about it in a way that was, I think, just really beautiful. That I have two small batch maple syrup makers, one from New York, and that's our lighter uh, maple sugar. 
and one from Vermont, which is our darker, and we use a combination. And they're small batch folks, and we so basically they make the syrup, and they reduce it again, it becomes a, a granulated sugar. And then we use a, a hickory smoke, which is on the back of a starch. So once the salt's all dry, it adheres to the salt crystal. And it's one of those salts that you're going, is this sweet? Because I'm more savory than sweet. And it's so you get just a hint, hint, hint of sweet. And you get more of that definite smoke forward. So that's awesome on butternut squash soup or, or roasted with a little butter or sauteed Brussels sprouts and onions. Incredible on um, mac and cheese, turkey burgers. If you want a little bit of flavor, but want to stick with uh, going the more healthy route, it's excellent on. So it's a lot of ways to pair it. Bloody Mary rims if you're... If you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> so I know that we're running out of time and I want to thank you for, for joining us. I have one more question for you. I know that community is very important for what you guys do. Would you mind expanding on that? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think based on my, my upbringing and, and how meals is such a way of how we connected with each other as a family, and, you know, even my grandfather's garden and going out and, and connecting and, and putting our hands in the soil and picking squash or, or uh, little strawberries, you know, and really connecting with where our food is coming. And in, in, in some cases, there's a simplicity to it. And I think there's a, a real beauty in that right now and connecting with the simple and even what you're doing, connecting with small businesses and, and wanting to learn more and uh, sharing it with with people through the avenue of a podcast. That's incredible. I think we're yearning for connection so deeply right now. And, and it, I, it stemmed before this pandemic. I think with COVID, it's, it's on a whole new level, but it's, it's really important for what we do and how we connect with the community in, in a really uh, deep and positive way. And hopefully growing that reach, you know, as a business and connecting with nonprofit organizations. We decided this year that we were going to be donating a percentage of our market and event sales to a new nonprofit each month and, and highlighting them on social media. And we worked with and, and donated money from everyone from super local to Tampa Bay Watch to World Central Kitchens to the Girl Scouts, the Why Hunger, Blessings in a Backpack. These are phenomenal organizations within our local community and our national community who are doing incredible things with food and getting access to people who don't have access to food or becoming and teaching stewardship of our earth because it's really important for us in our business and, and directly affected to really be caring of our environment, especially our waterways. So anytime we have an opportunity to connect with one another and food is my comfort zone, right? So that is a way that we can sit down and if our salt can be a talking point for you and your family, friends, or can just really highlight the great ingredients you're working with, it is so humbling to me that people would choose to do that, give it as a gift to their mother or to invite friends over and use it as cocktail rimmers or, or put it on the table or know what they're giving their, their loved ones is something high quality that we care so deeply about when, when we're creating it. So I think the piece to connect with one another, there's so many ways to do it. And I think the best ways right now when so many things are just so overwhelming is to do it simply. And having a meal, even if you get it from a local restaurant, you're supporting them and their staff, but sitting down and having that connection and that opportunity to create that space that you can be really present and it does 
incredible things for us individually and and our local community, which our first community is, right? Who's living on our in our homes and our walls, so our kids and our partners. And so I am just so grateful that you're sharing us with uh, folks who've never heard of us. And, and that, of course, it just has an, uh, such a, a way of connecting with uh, others and kind of steamrolling in such a, a beautiful way. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I think the gift idea is great. As a foodie and one that likes this kind of like, creativity i think this would be like a unique gift that it's not it's not your usual bottle of wine you know you yeah, show up with sure you show up it. with like some black garlic infused sea salt yeah. people are gonna be like what it lasts a lot longer than a bottle of wine let me tell you it's for super sure. briny. a little goes a long way so <laughs> thank you for considering us Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to joining us. This has been wonderful. I love these kind of things. And you have a great concept. And uh, I'm glad that it's coming from Florida. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Us too.